0: Hello, herd, and welcome to another episode of our Clone Wars rewatch here on Nerd Herder. I am your herd leader, John Wayne.
1: and I am Blind.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Is that your name today?
1: That's my name today. I
0: Blind Herd Mom Megan.
1: <laughs> I'm Blind Pete.
0: <laughs> well, luckily it's a podcast, so we, you don't yeah. need to see; you just need to speak. Exactly. So, uh, hopefully, you guys have been having a good week. Uh, we are. It feels oddly like it's been forever since we last recorded for some reason for
1: the first time in forever we're recording a podcast
0: it's not the first time in forever but it feels that way for some reason so maybe maybe there's just been so much going on between wednesday and today hopefully uh it's felt quick if it wasn't fun for you or it's felt long if it was awesome for you i don't know i don't know how time works
1: time is relative we're all gonna die someday
0: exactly so um might as well go ahead and get kicking on today's episode. Today we're continuing in season 2. This is our second episode in season 2. Yet yeah, uh well, this is our second episode covering episodes in season 2. Last week we talked about Cad Bane uh and now this week because we're doing the chronological order, we're jumping ahead a little bit to talk about some more bounty hunters and the Zillow Beast.
1: Yeah, I So it's going to be Zilla a fun beast.
0: episode ahead, and we're excited. Hopefully you guys are... You're listening, so that's something. Um, we always enjoy doing this episode. It's one of our favorites. Um, continues to be uh, increasingly so. Met uh, your favorite, Megan. Oh,
1: yeah. It's great. I, Except I when the clones mean. die. <laughs> mm, i gonna punch
0: you guys. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, without further ado, <laughs> we'll get moving ahead. We'll be getting started here with Season 2, Episode 17, Bounty Hunters. Again, we're watching in the official chronological order, so we're still in Season 2, but we jump around. I'm not really sure why uh, we jump around here. I'm not sure what the the time skip is for, because it doesn't seem like this is tied to any specific events or anything like that. But, nonetheless, apparently this is this is how Star Wars tells us it's supposed to go. And we obey the Star Wars. We obey the mighty Star Wars. So
1: Star Wars is love. Star Wars is life. And I, for one, <laughs> welcome our new Star Wars overlords.
0: Exactly. So, uh, we'll be getting into episode 17, Bounty Hunters. So, this, uh, we mentioned last week, you know, this is Bounty Hunters season. This is uh, their time to shine. Uh, we're constantly moving from Bounty Hunters to the regular conflicts. And this episode is kind of a blend of both... A little bit, we start with bounty hunters and move on towards other things. This episode itself is a one off so it's not tied to anything. Um, though we do get introduced to some characters that do come back down the road, which is awesome. Um so but we'll we'll save gushing over those cool guys it's in a mi- for a minute. Um the moral of this episode is courage makes heroes, but trust builds friendships.
1: Mm. The only ship we want to build is a friendship, John. <laughs> Uh, We've already built the relationship. We're fine.
0: Yeah. So, um, it's a, it's generally good advice. Yeah. I think you can have trust and courage and be be just fine. I don't know.
1: You don't need friends. I mean, as, long as you have Star Wars.
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> what I think it's trying to go for is, you know, courage makes heroes. It's talking about so. There's the alternative of the Jedi. Kind of cleaning things up for the solutions, as we're going to talk about. Yeah. And I guess the trust builds friendships is, I guess, meant to symbolize them trusting their own fate to the people. Like, you know, saying, hey, you've got to do this. Yeah. We can't just do it for you. We'd be heroes, but ultimately, you need to do this for yourself, and I guess they're friends after that, although I doubt they ever pin after that. I don't know.
1: I don't know. Maybe.
0: Uh, it's it's another one of those. It's like a it's good advice, but I don't know that it fits, in like explicitly with the episode. But eh, whatever. The opening narration, though, the death toll rises as the battle intensifies and threatens, uh, and threaten a growing number of Republic worlds. Planets are left to survive on their own, while the Jedi struggle to fight a war on many fronts. A series of medical stations have been established as a lifeline for those in need. But the facilities are easy prey for a separatist attack. After losing contact with the medical station orbiting Felucia, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Anakin Skywalker, and Ahsoka Tano are sent to investigate.
1: Oh, Felucia.
0: Yeah, we were actually here last week um, at the beginning of the Holocron Heist episode. Um, yep. So supposedly, since then, they've lost contact with the Republic Station, I guess. Yeah. Um. I, maybe that's why... Uh, This episode follows that storyline. I guess they're coming back to Felucia to figure things. Out. I don't yeah. really know.
1: Also, can I just say that Felucia sounds like a name of one of my aunts. Aunt Felucia. Aunt Felucia. <laughs> I have an aunt, uh, Imogene, and Aunt Clementine, and Aunt. Why not? Why not aunt, Felu- <laughs> yeah.
0: Why not? Why not aunt um, Felucia?
1: Why not? Why not? Weirdly enough, my my grandmother is the only one with a normal name.
0: <laughs> Surely. Yeah.
1: Shirley and Ray, but he's adopted. So, man. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, this is a great uh, little one-shot episode that really blends some great film influence in with some familiar Star Wars characters. Uh, when an episode title like Bounty Hunters, you might expect something a little more seedy and underworldly, especially after we just got done with an arc about Cad Bane. But, as we learn here. There are bounty hunters out there who are pretty honorable in their profession. And still as cool as any of the OG bounty hunters that we talked about last week. Yeah.
0: Or a couple weeks ago.
1: A couple weeks ago, something like that. Uh, so, as we said, the Jedi returned to Felucia to investigate a missing medical outpost. When Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Ahsoka arrive, they are almost immediately shot, ba- shot down by vulture droids. Um... So they have to land on the planet. They begin exploring for civilization, in order to find a way off the planet. Instead, they find a village of falutions hiding in their root cellars. Yeah, <laughs> pretty but, much. That can I just say how cute the falutions are? They are so precious. I guess so. Yeah, they're they're cute.
0: What are you yeah. talking about? Me. Yeah.
1: You're meh. Um. But their cute little faces are being guarded by bounty hunters named Sugi, Rumi, Embo, and Serapis. Yeah. Yeah. Cool guys. Some really cool names.
0: So, uh, the nerd alert moment, because lots to nerd about. Pretty Pretty cool. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, last week I mentioned there was cool stuff about Felucia, and now we can kind of get into it a little bit more, since we're on Felucia a little bit more. Um, the legends and canon inhabitants of the planet are very, very different. That's why I'm kind of mad with the Felicians we see here because I was introduced to Felucians through a video game a few years before in The Force Unleashed. Uh, if you played that game, then you know Felucia is a very different place between its appearance there and here. It, of course, looked the same but was full of wild rancor and even larger, angrier bull rancor. And if that wasn't enough, there was a Sarlacc pit... Um, there was that was there um that made the pit of carcoon on Tatooine look like a pothole
1: you hear that rancor we know where your family is
0: yeah uh actually that's that's where that rancor figure comes from it's from the force unleashed stuff
1: me um, Frankor the rancor
0: the the planet was much grittier and dangerous than we see here and even the foliations were much more aggressive and really a completely different species i prefer the original Folutions but understand that for the story they wanted in this episode, that it wouldn't have worked to have a very aggressive, tribal-oriented group. You know, they wouldn't have been... They wouldn't have needed bounty hunters to protect them, I guess is the way to go. And so they had to... Originally, before the EU purge, the Force Unleashed Felutions were labeled as Jungle folutions and then you had the Felutions that we see here... Um.
1: I don't know why, but that just seems vaguely racist.
0: Well, it's one of those things where it's just like, we don't know what to call them, we said they're Felutions, we said these guys are Felutions, so let's just compromise and say these guys are from the jungle, because they were very tribal, they were, you know, uh, they were very Native American inspired, uh, but they were also kind of, they weren't quite monstrous, but they were definitely aggressive. They didn't quite seem, uh, they were much more uh, like the Tall's, from the episode we saw, um, on, uh, uh, Pantora. Yeah. Um, you know. Not Pantera,
1: Pantora. Yeah.
0: So, they were, they were very similar in species, um, so, anyway, but, yeah, I, I understand why they had to create a new Felucian species, but then they had the awkward, what do we do with the other ones?
1: What's a Felucia?
0: Yeah. So, anyway, um, bup, bup, bub up.
1: We get to see one of Rancor's cousin in this episode. Yes,
0: we do. Um, so, yeah, in the game you had your typical Rancor that were painted up by the Felucians and they rode them um, like steeds. It was really cool, and that was a lot of the gameplay on the planet Felucia. Mm-hmm. But there was also bull Rancor, which are very similar to Rancor, but they're bigger, meaner, and basically they just have large tusks.
1: Yeah.
0: Hence the bull part. Um, You do get to fight one, but supposedly there's several. Um, We do not see any uh, Sarlacc pits, though, which is kind of sad.
1: Oh, beans.
0: But, yeah, so in the episode, though, we get to see the jungle Rancor. Uh, It's smaller than your normal Rancor and also looks a lot more armored. Like, it looks more like an armadillo in some places with its kind of armor plating. It's interesting. It doesn't do anything in this episode. It kind of leaves the crew alone.
1: Does it carry leprosy like armadillos?
0: I don't know. Do
1: you know that at least 25% of America's armadillos carry leprosy? I do now. Yeah, you do.
0: There you go. Um, So, other than that, we have some new bounty hunters to talk about. Uh, All of these guys are very cool, which is that they're they're all very likable, which is an accomplishment when you figure that they have to compete with other big personality bounty hunters like, you know, Boba Fett, IGDA, all these other guys that we talked about in our previous Bounty Hunter episode of the main show, you know. So Mm -hmm. these guys come in in one episode and already, at least for me, and I know some fans, instant, like, wow, they're cool, they're interesting, I want to know more, I want to see more kind of stuff, you know. Yeah. So it's an accomplishment that Dave Filoni and, and the team were able to do that. So a little bit about the bounty hunters that we see. One of the coolest is Sugi. Uh, we mentioned her in the last episode as well because her niece ends up working with Dengar many years after um, this. But uh, Sugi is a Zabrak bounty hunter, you called that last mm-hmm. time, uh, whose niece we mentioned. Yeah. Sugi is good with knives, and she uh, she's as good with knives as she is with her sawed-off EE-11 carbine rifle. Uh, not EE eleven. That's you the stormtroopers. So. EE three, which is also the same rifle used by uh, Boba Fett.
1: Man, I'm so excited for EE three. You know, I just I really hope Waluigi Luigi gets into Superman. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure. <laughs> yeah.
0: um, Dumb joke. Sorry. The other we have is Rumi Paramita. She's the tall one that almost looks like a Gungan, uh, Gungan, but she's not a Gungan. Yeah. different like species. Different. Um, her species is called Frank. F-R-E-N-K. Frank. Frank. It's so weird to say, too. Anyway.
1: They're very to the point.
0: Yeah. Um, her species, that uh, the, the Frank is introduced here for the first time, and we would see yeah. a couple more later on, but not much.
1: I'm so glad you didn't mention that to me in... While we were watching the episode. (laughs) You wouldn't have paid
0: attention to anything else.
1: Exactly. I was just feel like, look, it's Frank. (laughs)
0: Um, Yeah, so uh, that's Rumi Paramita. A lot of sources say her full name. I don't know if that's a thing, but we're just going to say Rumi. Rumi. It's just easier. Uh, We also have Embo, who is a Kyozo bounty hunter um, that was literally deemed too cool to die in this episode. I
1: love Embo. Which is
0: why he beats Boba Fett. Because Boba Fett apparently wasn't cool enough not to die. Really? What? Wait, what? No, I'm saying Embo was too cool to die.
1: Oh, right. But right,
0: apparently right. Boba Fett was not cool enough okay. not to die.
1: I misunderstood that statement.
0: No. Um, in in deleted, uh, or well, not deleted, but in unfinished concepts for later Clone Wars episodes, Embo and uh, Boba were supposed to tangle a bit, but nonetheless our Kyozo bounty hunter uh, ends up Prevailing on the good side a little bit, you know. Uh, Embo's one of those where he's still a pretty bad dude. He's he's still pretty rough. He's a bounty hunter. Like, he, you know, wants to get his things done. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's also got soft spots. He's also very honorable and, and very gentle. He has a yeah. cool little wolf pet that we see in later episodes. And he's going to show up in the latest Flight of the Falcon um, Star Wars Adventures issue by Michael Morrissey. So, that means he uh, has survived to the time of the New Republic and First Order.
1: Hi, Michael, by the way.
0: Yeah, hi, Michael. Um, <laughs> what else was I going to say? Oh, so, oddly enough, this I don't like this, but it's a little nerd thing. So, the kiozo species, the, if you know who Constable Zuvio is from The Force Awakens, he is also a Chiozo. It's really weird, and it's very similar to the situation with the Felutions, because... They look kind of alike. They have the same hat, that's for sure. But everything else is different. Imbo has green skin. Zuvio has uh, pale white skin. Imbo uh, has sort of almost goat-like eyes, but Zuvio has more like snake eyes. It's kind of weird. But they are the same species, if you ever wondered. Um, and so if you like Imbo, then there you go. You can find out about his odd pale-skinned cousin, um, Constable Zuvio. Mm-hmm. in any way down where we are but up but up oh so Yeah,
1: Serapus. Oh wait Um
0: well no. I was just gonna mention also Imbo's species as well as his entire attire and motif and style, all of that is inspired um by the character Kyozo from this film Seven Sarami- Samurai. Great wh- movie. Which the episode is based on and follows pretty much the same plot. It's also dedicated to Akira Kurosawa, who directed it. Um, Who also directed a few other films that also inspired George Lucas in his view of Star Wars as well. Cool stuff.
1: Very cool stuff.
0: Um, Yes, then we move on to Serapis. Um, He was created for the episode, and we don't have an idea of what his species is, and I don't believe we see him again. Um, Oh, that's a lie. He does apparently appear one more time. Um, But for anybody that's Been around through the 90s. If you've seen MIB, he kind of looks like that weird little alien dude in the old robot suit man. Yeah. Like, only.
1: Okay.
0: I hope what I just said makes sense, but it makes sense. It's the same idea. Because
1: I know exactly what you're talking about because I've seen the show. But, um, that's a whole reveal that, like, I think it's Ahsoka knocks him over?
0: Well, yeah, he's. They're chopping down lumber for their traps, um, and he kind of takes on too much, so she's. She jumps in to save him because he's trying to have too big of a trunk, and it's gonna squash him. So she, te- yes, technically she knocks him over, but it's to save him. Yeah. And his suit malfunctions and opens up, and that's when we see uh, the real Serapis.
1: Yeah. Who I love, because he's small and
0: cute. Yeah. He's not nearly as small as the MIB little alien oh, thing. Oh, no, definitely not. But it's, the sim- it's a very similar concept of, you know, little dude piloting. Uh, a mechanical
1: suit. Yeah. And, and even, I love how, like, Ahsoka just rolls with it.
0: Right. Just, sure. Whatever.
1: Yeah. Um. I've seen weirder.
0: <laughs> and even his armor is very samurai-like, too, mm-hmm. which kind of fits with the, the motif of the episode and, and whatnot. Um. So, yeah. So, uh. It's, it's interesting.
1: Yeah. Um. So, now that we're done with that nerd alert... Uh, there are definitely some cool bounty hunters. Uh, as we mentioned, they are guarding the Folution village, but from who? Who, John? Something that I was not at, like anticipating at all. It completely yeah. came I out of nowhere to, for me. I wanted to leave
0: that alone for you.
1: Yeah. It's Hondo Anaka. Yeah. <laughs> Our friend, question mark, Hondo.
0: <laughs> not here, I would say. He's kind of he's kind of in the way here.
1: No, he's kind of being a jerk right now. Um, so Hondo and, pa- and his pirates are up to no good. Guess, we never would have guessed that. Um, as heavily, as they heavily tax the Felutions for the spice that they are farming. What is, what is it called?
0: I can't remember and I don't have it in my notes, but, um, <laughs> it's apparently a rarer type of spice, which is why the pirates are taxing and want their portion so they could sell it get good money.
1: Fancy. So, but the Jedi can't just jump in and involve themselves, of course not. And they probably couldn't even handle all the numbers by themselves. So they decide to help the bounty hunters in training the Folution people to learn how to defend themselves. Which is very... Like, that's... Oh, man. It's happened in the Seven Samurais. The Seven Samurai? Yeah. Seven Samurai. Yeah. um, It's happened in... I don't know if you've ever seen The Three Amigos. Mm-mm. It happens then too. It's just—it's a great trope that I love, but yeah, uh, I've seen it a lot. Adjust.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So the Felucian people. Oh wait, they learned how to defend themselves. They learned how to defend themselves in a very cute little montage, um, and thanks to convenient timing, the Felucian people are able to get well prepared before the pirates return. The training pays off for the most part. Um, the Felucians, Bounty Hunters, and the Jedi are able to repel the pirates. In a last-ditch effort, Hondo pulls out his tank and kills Rumi and injures Imbo like yeah, a jerk. That,
0: that's originally where Imbo was supposed to die, but then they went back and fixed it because they were like, Uh no, let's keep him cool. around. Yeah, basically. <laughs> but, um, fun fact, Imbo is voiced by Dave Filoni, so of course of course, Dave gets some, some liberties with, with it.
1: Yeah. Um So yeah, apparently Embo was way cooler than Rumi. Yeah. But Anakin is able to subdue the pirate leader who decides to t- who decides to take his pirating elsewhere. If Obi-Wan and Anakin had just arrested Hondo the last time, they may not be they might have not been in this mess. Nonetheless, the day is saved and now the Felucians know how to take care of themselves should any other pirates come along. Yay! Yeah.
0: And that was kind of the point, you know. Um, and I think if they had led with that a little bit more, I'd be more with it. The excuse that Obi-Wan gives is a little much. Yeah. Uh, It's, it's a lot to it. It's like, it's one of those where it's like, okay, I get that, but that seems like the very, very worst possibility. Yeah. I think you fighting off some pirates for a little village isn't going to attract that much attention. No. But... You know, I think if they had led with the, well, why, you know, why help you when, you know, you can just learn how to do it yourself. Um, But, yeah, I mean, overall, it's uh, really kind of a teach a man to fish kind of episode Mm -hmm. where, you know, I mean, the the, the big idea is why... Why save the day as the Jedi if... I mean, they're farming expensive spice. So they're kind of already... I mean, in the Star Wars world, they're asking for trouble. Yeah. So trouble's probably going to find them more than just this time. And so, you know, the Jedi take care of the pirates, you know, then what? You know, are they going to call the Jedi every time they need their spice saved? Uh, Or are they going to learn to do it themselves? and so um that's kind of the big idea. So if Obi-Wan had kind of led with that, I think it kind of just turned out to be a happy ending of well, and, you know, now you're ready for the next thing. Yeah. But really, I don't th- I- Obi-Wan's of uh oh, if we get involved, we might attract gr- attract Grievous and yeah. Eh. It, it
1: it he's making the excuse of someone who just doesn't want he's just he doesn't want to get involved. <laughs> He's I, just, he wants to go home, he <laughs> wants to put his feet up, you know, he's yeah. just, he wants... He I
0: want I, to I think he just does, I think he sees it as, this is not a Republic thing, that, yeah. you know, we shouldn't really get involved in this, so... Yeah. We're just gonna leave it to, you already hired the bounty hunters, so it's fine. Yeah. But...
1: Meanwhile, Anakin and Ahsoka have already adopted these fish people.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, apparently. Said,
1: um yeah. I made but, yeah. a very funny joke in my brain, by the way, when you said, teach a man to fish... The look like they taught a fish to man.
0: <laughs> well, they they. You're welcome. They've always <laughs> kind of looked like turtles without shells to me. Huh. True. I don't know. They're very. They're quite different. Um, that's for sure. They've got an interesting design. Uh, certain. It, I would expect to see them on a kind of coastal planet. Yeah. Not really a giant plant planet.
1: Maybe they're tortoises.
0: Maybe I don't know. They just seem out of place. Eh. I, that's just me. I don't know. I've never quite been a fan, but...
1: They look like Franklin. Do you remember Franklin? Oh my gosh, yeah, they do. It's a blast <laughs> from the past right there. If,
0: Frankin, if Franklin was done in uh, live action, that's that's kind of what he would look like, I guess. Yeah. Since apparently no one can just do live action animated characters the way they're supposed to look. Because mm. of that. Uh, Let's not
1: get started on that. <laughs>
0: Okay. Well, this, anyway...
1: This isn't a The Folly of Man podcast, this is...
0: Well, it's The Folly of Spaceman, kind of. Sky Guy. Follow Spice uh, Sky Guy. But uh yeah. Um but the bounty hunters though. Yeah. I thought they were really cool.
1: Oh yeah, they were really, really cool.
0: It's nice to see them in a kind of you know, it's nice to have the different personalities type kind of thing. That's how a good team always gets put together. So
1: it's one of those situations where I'm like, I've only known Sugi for maybe 20 minutes, and I already love her so much that I would do anything to protect her. <laughs> also, female Zabrak.
0: Yeah. Never seen one of those. Um. I haven't. I don't know that this is the first time we've seen that, but it may be. It's definitely not prominent, if we have seen it before. Yeah. Um, you know, we're used to Jedi Eeth Koth or Agent Kolar. Um, obviously... Darth Maul is Zabrak, but he's a Dathomirian Zabrak, which is different. Um,
1: there are multiple kinds of Zabrak. Uh,
0: just the two that we know of. Uh, it kind of seems like it's the same thing of like the Nikto. You have the red, green, and yellow Nikto. Um, and
1: I'm assuming this isn't something that I can look up yet. No. Okay.
0: No, because w- you we'll get there be- with with the Darth Maul. Part. I have so we'll talk many about
1: questions, John. It. And
0: they will all be answered in due time.
1: Like a year. No. Like, a month.
0: Yeah. Ish. Eventually. We'll get there, boo.
1: Audience, help.
0: <laughs> they can't make time go faster. Unless we start putting out Clone Wars rewatches every day.
1: No, you know what? There's
0: no quicker way to get there.
1: Everyone in the world, start walking to the left. <laughs> Let's see if we can make time move faster by <laughs> moving the...
0: That doesn't... It doesn't work that way. Um, it just...
1: Superman did it.
0: That would just destroy the earth. That like that would just throw everything off. That would not reverse time. Getting wrong. That was lazy writing. They should have let Lois die. Like silliness. Just utter silliness.
1: Yeah. Maybe the writer's name was Martha. I don't know.
0: <laughs> no. Let's not. Uh, get into that garbage. Anyway, uh, but hopefully, um, you know, you guys tell us what you thought of this. Uh, it sen- seems to be a generally liked episode. There's a lot of fan-favorite characters like Imbo and Sugi introduced here as well. So, yeah. uh, And, of course, the return of our favorite Raisin Head, uh, Hondo. Uh, it's always good to see him, and not the last time.
1: Speak for yourself. My favorite Raisin Head is the California Raisins.
0: Well, that's a blast from the past. Amen, sister. Well, anyway, now that we're done with Bounty Hunters, it's time to move on to bigger things.
1: Larger things.
0: Before we get on to bigger and better things, though, we do have a brief interruption from the Banking Clan uh, just coming at you guys with uh, those good, sweet uh, Amazon deals that you know us and love us for, at least for the last, like, three episodes. Um, It's a great way for... You guys, to get some cool deals from Amazon, and it's also a great way that inadvertently supports us in the making of the show, and so it's kind of a win win.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: who doesn't love stuff, especially Amazon stuff? And the Amazon stuff that we have for you guys uh, is stuff that you've heard about before, but we want to remind you of. In the description of this episode, you can check out a couple of links. The first link will be to a discounted Audible subscription. You can get Audible for over 50% off on uh, the first three months. And when you sign up, you also get your first two books free. Normally, you get one free book each month, but on signing up with this deal, you get two books. Uh, this past Wednesday, we recommended the Thrawn Alliances and Thrawn book, um, the first two of the new canon Timothy Zahn Thrawn books, because we're getting a third one soon. Um, but really, you can get you can check it out for any Star Wars book or non-Star Wars book, whatever your preference is, but certainly if you like books, and if you like having ber- books uh, inserted into your yeah. ears, uh, then Audible is a great way to do that. Um, yeah. You know, we talked about Megan enjoys all of her books through that medium. Um, I'm learning to enjoy them through that, but yeah. nonetheless, it, it definitely helps if you're a busy person. It helps to have uh, that going on while you're able to do other things, so Check out Audible. Get the deal. Get those two books. Uh, And then the other link, it'll take you to some cool deals on Amazon gift cards. Mm -hmm. It's getting to be the holiday season and if you've got difficult people to shop for like we do, then the best option is always gift cards. But if you want to make it seem special and nice so that they're not like, oh, you don't love me, uh, Amazon has great deals that allow you not only to get a good gift card that has no expiration date, but you can also get it um prettied up, you know you can get it sent with a nice card that you select um you can get it with uh, a nice little gift box uh you can all all sorts of things you can have it sent to yourself so that you can give it to them for the holidays or send it directly to them any which way you want to do it, but it's always a nice way to give someone the gift of being able to get themselves something
1: yeah and um, you know what you can get on Amazon right now, John what, my favorite segment oh goodness. You can get yourself an earwax candle set for oh. seven ninety
0: nine. Oh, goodness.
1: You know what else you can get? You can get a can of butt, except it doesn't say butt. I assume get, that's just a prop. I, I don't know. You can get a gift bag for $6.39 that says random crap.
0: I think we could all use that.
1: Let's see. You can also one more. get... One more. Oh, I gotta get a good one. Uh. I gotta get a really good one. <laughs> Oh, snap.
0: Where do you even go on Amazon to find these things?
1: Under $10. Okay. There
0: you go.
1: Let's see. Hold on. I'm getting there. Oh, I can feel it. There's going to be a good one. Oh, my gosh. I found it. You can get a coloring book that's Dinosaurs with Jobs.
0: Dinosaurs with Jobs? Oh, my gosh. It's beautiful. I'm seeing this, and it's beautiful.
1: Oh, there's also... uh, Goldfish in a baggy earrings, which I'm adding to cart now. Uh,
0: so there you go, guys. There's all kinds of great things that you can get on Amazon. You can get a great Audible discount, discounted membership. You can get gift cards for those difficult loved ones uh, that you're going to be seeing over the holidays and you can get all those other weird things that Megan just listed. I yep. do recommend the dinosaurs with jobs coloring book. That looks cool. Which um, I will be
1: posting on our Twitter all of my dinosaurs with job coloring pages that I'm going to do cuz I'm ordering that book right now. We
0: we all need. We all need to be the dinosaurs with jobs, guys. All yeah. right. Anyway, uh moving on to some other deals and then we'll get back to the show. All right. So it's a bit of a transition as we move to season 2 episode 18. The Zillow Beast.
1: Yeah, I don't know about you, John, but I need a distraction from that last one that I showed you.
0: Oh, gosh. Yeah, yeah that the last Amazon product yeah. burned into my mind.
1: Yeah, we're not going to... I'm not going to tell you what it is, but when you go to the under $10 section in Amazon, you're going to find out.
0: Yeah, it's under $10, so, of course, <laughs> you're bound to find anything. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, it's quite a different couple of episodes here. It's it's This is part one of a two-part um section of episodes that we're going to talk about here very interesting though i think we're we- gonna have plenty to geek out with it uh i yeah. for one growing up i've always been a big fan of godzilla uh which if you don't know that's what the zilla Beast is based off of but i'm sure you guys know that you're smart people and so i was really hyped for this when i first um when it was first announced i remember getting very excited because you know i i just always loved uh godzilla movies um i grew up and my first godzilla movie was godzilla versus the sea monster um and it was one of those things where it was just some old movie on my mom's um vhs shelf uh and it was enough to get me hooked one day and i demanded all the godzilla stories and and there's quite a lot out there yeah. so uh it, it, these these episodes i think are really really good uh for the Star Wars nerd and the Godzilla nerd and just a fan of different scenarios This is very different Star Wars I think, but still managed to be Star Wars y. Yeah. So
1: and I remember one of the first videos that I borrowed from you was mm-hmm. uh when I say videos I'm talking about VHS tapes. Was Godzilla versus Mothra.
0: Yeah. It's a good one. The original. The OG oh, Because there is a um I want to say I think it's Hensei series one. It's like the eighties mm. uh, so was no, good Well you have the six you have the sixties and seventies era, then you have the eighties uh, early nineties era, yeah. and then you have the nineties to millennial era, and then you have what exists now, which is like the yeah uh legendary films Godzilla and the Shin Godzilla and mm-hmm. such the the more recent films.
1: I'll tell you what, if we ever have twin daughters, they're going to be dressed up as the girls and I'm going to be Mothra.
0: Mothra. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, sadly, this episode is not about Mothra or Mothra or Godzilla. It's about the Zillow Beast. Anyway, so the moral of this episode is choose what is right, not what is easy. Good I, good, good, moral there. Good boy. Um. Uh, yeah, I think that really applies in this episode as we talk about how they decide to deal with the monster Um, but just in general you can layer that on top of anything in life uh the easy is never always right that's the whole idea of the light side versus the dark side the dark side is easy attractive and ultimately consuming whereas the light side is difficult yet rewarding uh and peaceful so go for right not easy yeah uh, the opening narration of this episode is Desperate times call for desperate measures. In one of the longest and fiercest battles of the war, Separatist forces are on the verge of claiming the planet Malastare. If the Republic lose this planet, it will cost them vital fuel resources necessary for maintaining their armies. In a final effort to turn the tide of the battle, Supreme Chancellor Palpatine has authorized the use of the Republic's newest weapon, the Electron Proton Bomb. Wow. Now, uh, at the Imperial Palace of Doge Yuris. The leader of the Dugs, the the Jedi count down the minutes until the detonation of their doomsday device.
1: Yeah, very cool. Yeah. Um, and we make a pretty big leap now from the bounty hunters to a kaiju. Yes. Yeah. Um, we open up with the story um, to see a battle raging from on the planet Malastare. The Dug control major fuel production, and the Republic wants it. But of course, so do the separatists, as this war usually goes. Yep. Yeah. Um, are you going to talk about the dog or? Can... Yeah, I'm going
0: to talk okay. about the dog. later. You
1: can talk about Doug.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah. Thank um, you. <laughs> I was going to say something, but I I didn't know if you were going to talk about it or not.
0: What are you going to say? A certain pod racer. Oh, Cebulba? Yeah.
1: yeah. Who has one of the best names.
0: It's, it's a nice name. Yeah.
1: Um, hence the battle. Rages on. So, uh, a lot of the Clone Wars is about battling for resources. I think we've seen, um, and it's interesting to think about how it's affected the galaxy in the time of, by the time of the Empire. Basically, what's left of the Empire made sure that they had it. Mm-hmm. But right now, no one has it because the Dugs won't help the Republic until they get rid of the Separatists. Yay. Um, since the battle is so extensive, Palpatine insists that they must use Dr. Ball's new weapon. The Electro-Proton Bomb. Da-na-na. This sounds like a plot device. Uh, it's kind of like the weapon from the episode with Locke Durd a while <laughs> back. This weapon promises to only affect the enemies. In this case, droids. And really anything with electricity... Because when the bomb drops, it even shuts down the Republic tanks and such. So, only the clones are left unharmed. And all is okay until a sinkhole opens up and swallows some of the clones. But they're only clones. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, Miss Windu leaves Anakin to discuss the fuel treaty. Great idea. With the dogs.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I thought the same. I was like, okay. Hothead. Wouldn't wouldn't you send Anakin to... Rescue the clones and I mean, Mace to be the negotiator.
1: He spends a lot of time with a senator.
0: Well, uh, oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Hey, hey, hey. That actually makes sense now.
1: That's where Luke and Leia came from. Negotiations.
0: Oh, I was thinking. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> for some, I, you I, you had, you said senator, but for some reason my brain went Palpatine. Palpatine, you know, politician.
1: I would have said chancellor.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I know. Well, I knew. I I know now what you meant. But when you had said it, I was thinking, oh, it makes sense. He hangs out with Palpatine. I guess they (laughs) assume he's got talky skills.
1: Well, I think that some... We've talked about it before. I assume that some of the Jedi are like, oh, it's Palpatine's pet or something like that. Oh,
0: yeah, I'm sure. But they they love to exploit it. They do. We see that later.
1: Yeah. So, uh, Mace Windu goes out the window and takes a search party with him to rescue the clones. Enter the clones.
0: (laughs) Well... No, but, uh, well, they enter the sinkhole, I guess. So, uh, yes, I'm going to talk about the duck now.
1: Yay, Um, Doug.
0: I mean, we don't talk too much about Saboba, but... We don't
1: know many people named Doug. At least two. You're
0: right. Yeah, it's not really a common name around us. I don't know what it is.
1: If your name's Doug, give us a shout-out.
0: There you go. Doug Chang especially. Like, comment, and subscribe. Um, so, Malastare, uh, it's mentioned way back in The Phantom Menace when Qui-Gon brings up pod racing, uh, so apparently Dugs are just good at that, kind of, at, at that racing, uh, since we see Sebulba in yeah. episode one had quite the reputation, so, it, we don't know much about pod racing yeah. to know enough about when it started, but it seems like it was very popular on, uh, Malister and Sebulba kind of migrated from there to Tatooine, where it was a much smaller track, but he was able to get a good career kind of thing. Mm. So,
1: a lot of frogs to eat.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, nonetheless, this is the first on-screen appearance of the planet. So that's the beautiful thing about the Clone Wars is uh, so many planets that we've heard mention of or so many things that we've heard mention of, you mm-hmm. know, like Gundarks and Malastare and all this other stuff, it, we get to see it, uh, which is really cool. Uh, and so, and while the Dug species uh, is seen here, Malastare is represented in the senate by the grand species which is interesting because we don't see them at all involved in these affairs Echo so Linda?
1: she's a grand
0: not 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 like that <laughs> um grand if you don't rem- remember are the three-eyed goat people yes uh and then so both the grand and the Doug share the planet malastare but for some reason the grand handle the politics like exclusively it's only grand senators and the Doug handled the business, so the fuel production and and sale and all that other stuff. So it's it's kind of an interesting divide. I guess they've
1: Very kind of shook
0: hands on it and agreed on that, but shook it's shook handed feet. Yeah, it it it's just interesting to me.
1: I was so confused by Sibolbo when I first saw him.
0: Oh yeah, you didn't know which, which was like, what and what was which.
1: Are your legs real long and come from your shoulders or are your feet really short and come from what? <laughs>
0: Uh, yes. So, <laughs> yeah. um, yes, he walks on, that was, uh, we know that just because of George Lucas's specific yeah. art direction. He, when he was talking to Doug Chang and the other artists that were developing the Phantom Menace, he gave them a few points. He said he wants someone that walks on his hands, uh, and he wants it to kind of be a mix between orangutan and the face of a camel. Uh, <gasps> that was kind of the direction. That. Yeah. Um. And so that's how we ended up getting Sebulba, and obviously the Doug species, and that kind of extended past What kind uh, of drugs was
1: George Lucas on?
0: I don't know that he's ever done drugs.
1: He was alive in the 70s.
0: Yeah, but...
1: <laughs> Harrison Ford.
0: I think Star Wars would have been a lot weirder otherwise. That may, You know? True. I, fe- I think we would have seen some of the influence. I mean, unless it was purely recreational, I don't know. I mean, everybody was on drugs in the 70s. So
1: dad, (laughs)
0: Uh, but yeah, so it's just this knowing the kind of uh, makeup of the planet between the grand and the Doug. It's kind of, it's weird. It's, it's interesting because you, you never typically think of more than one species occupant. Like, yes, they might occupy the planet, but you know, they aren't uh, resident to that planet, if that makes sense, Mm -hmm. you know? uh, So usually you'll be like, Oh, Rhodia, there's other uh, species here, but the Rhodians are the people of this planet.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, and this episode really makes it out as if the Dug are the people of this planet because we don't see the Grand, which, even if they handle the politics, I thought they would have been involved, but meh. I mean, it's it's one of those things where my brain gets all the nerd information and just kind of is baffled. It's just like, what? It yeah. doesn't quite make sense. But, I get you. I'm okay with it just being the the Doug. Um, I thought it was very interesting to see a little bit more of them.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, the Republic scientist that is present it, present is Sinever Bol. It's a weird name. Uh, she is a Bivel. That's her species name, and this is the first introduction of that species, and it only appears one other time. So.
1: The next episode.
0: No. Oh. Well, <laughs> I, no. I mean, it appears here. By one other time I mean by a separate uh bivel. Oh. Uh and that's in season f- three I with just... the Gudavo arc. The I... or the Zygerian slavers. Um so yeah.
1: For some odd reason I just got the song Bull Weevil stuck in my head. It's a song? Bullweevil won't to get out, I'll be home. Oh. I I'll
0: only I only I only know it as the place to get the best cheesecake in Augusta, Georgia.
1: I like their red velvet cake.
0: Yeah. Mm. There you go. It's
1: so yummy. Um, well, it's about to get a lot more interesting down in the cavern. And the trench, I guess.
0: Mm. Uh, the sinkhole. The sinkhole. The pit.
1: It becomes a trench, let's be real. Well, I don't know. Sure. Yeah, and if this plot starts becoming slightly familiar, you'll understand soon. Well, kinda.
0: Kinda. <laughs> kinda. We'll yeah, talk kinda.
1: about that. Kind of. Ah, sippy sippy. Um... We all know where this is going. Or most of us do. Windu and the clones go down in the sinkhole to find the others and soon find one who warns them that they are not alone in a very, very action movie or kaiju movie way.
0: Right. Just like... There's something out there.
1: There's something out there. Turn back!
0: Right. Abandon just all like, hope! Apparently he was just completely troubled. Here's... Here's... Okay. Kind of getting a little ahead... Here's what I don't understand <laughs> did did the Zillow just like wreck things and then bury himself under more rock and go back to sleep like I would because when they discover the zillow beast or when the- when he wakes up he's kind of buried under some rubble, like he's comfy,
1: yeah, he's probably doing like the lizard thing where they kind of shimmy under the
0: but it's just like did he how did he have enough time to do all of that like uh, it doesn't make sense to me, I don't know,
1: I feel like in. Assassin's Creed, where you you run up behind someone and kill them and then just, like, tiptoe back to the haystack.
0: Zillow Beast does not tiptoe. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, okay. Right. So, but yes, he, you know, he, he warns them, and it's yeah. just kind of a... Okay.
1: Yeah, and eventually, they realize that they are no longer walking on rock as it begins to rise and come to life in a very, in a very, uh... Which episode is it? Uh... Empire Strikes Back way, when they realize that the thing that they're on oh, is yeah. alive.
0: It It's kind of similar.
1: <clears throat> That's a lot of fun, though. I like that trope. Um, it, thus, the Zillow Beast is revealed, and he is much like, and he is much like me is not happy about being woken. That's literally how it's written in the notes. <laughs> much like me, he is not very happy about being woken. I listen. Listen just because it's true doesn't mean it needs to be said.
0: <laughs> Everybody loves their sleep.
1: Don't wake me up from a nap. That's what we learned. Um so after a narrow escape from the hole, the Jedi learned that this beast these beasts were original inhabitants of the planet until the Dug ancestors killed them off. Nice guys. Thanks. And they did it by using their precious fuel, which they begin to pour into the sinkhole with the beast.
0: Which d- seems like a waste of resources. Also.
1: Yeah, honestly. The Doug threatened that if the Jedi and the Republic don't help them kill the beast, then they won't help them with the fuel.
0: Surprisingly, Politics.
1: yeah. Surprisingly, this time, Mace Windu is the one who has more of an issue with killing the beast than anyone. It, it, <laughs> sounds like plot um because the zillow beast scales are seemingly impervious to blasters and lightsabers anakin suggests that they capture it rather than kill it and of course papal agrees thanks papal um lightsabers res- re- lightsaber resistant armor would be very useful to him i imagine um, so Anakin suggests blasting the beast with their ion tanks which won't penetrate but the electricity would knock him out. And it's worth a shot.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry, did you find a particularly interesting Oh wait, you're on... You're looking at your notes. Never mind.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually pay attention. I do too. Uh-huh. Uh, nice. so yeah, they, they decide to use the tanks and the tanks that they use are called RX200 Falchion uh, assault tanks sounds um, difficult. Yeah, uh, like you mentioned, um, they use a large ion cannon for offense, and so these tanks are slightly smaller redesigns of the SPHA uh, tanks or the Sfats um, used in Attack of the Clones. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Dave Filoni said that the Sfats were not Godzilla enough. Uh, and that's because he's referring to the Mazer tanks from the Godzilla films that were commonly used by the military to fight off Godzilla and other kaiju uh, and so he redesigned and miniaturized the uh, typical Sfat to the RX200 that we know of
1: Does this tank make me, make me look fat?
0: <laughs> no uh, Speaking of Godzilla though uh, it's not hard to see the parallels between the two uh, but they really pull it off Very well, I think, Uh, Godzilla, Zilla, Zillow.
1: There was not a one person with an eye patch in that movie, or Uh, in this episode. That's not
0: really (laughs) essential reference there.
1: It's essential to me, John. Uh,
0: You can really see the inspiration, though, even though, uh, even the clone that pilots the red Y-Wing that drops the bomb earlier has Godzilla eyes painted on his helmet, and his name is Goji, as in Gojira. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Godzilla Beast definitely has a cool design that is not very Godzilla y, which works for not just repeating what we already
1: yeah.
0: know it's inspired by. Um it manages not to feel like it's just pretending to be Godzilla the entire time, which is impressive. Uh considering the plot is very like it's very similar to a Godzilla film. Mm-hmm. Uh even the roar of the beast uh, of the beast manages to be powerful and imposing without just being the sound of Godzilla, yeah. but you can definitely hear the similarity a bit um Mm -hmm. you know i'm sure they kind of played with the sound of godzilla's roar or or what creates godzilla's roar and and kind of made it its own
1: oh man i wish we had a sound bite that we could play right now
0: uh if you just take a leather a wet leather glove and rub it against the nearest cello then you have the sound of godzilla's roar that's how they created that back in the day
1: my wet leather glove is in the dryer right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Darn. Um,
1: yeah, my cello is actually in storage. And that's not a joke. <laughs> even
0: even the idea of, uh, you know, you mentioned pretty clearly, you know, the dropping of the bomb, waking up of the beast. Yeah. Now, that's more similar to Godzilla Raids again, which we'll mention more in the next episode, mm-hmm. uh, which is the second Godzilla film. Um, but in the original 1954 Godzilla, uh he was created by the dropping of the nuclear bombs. Yeah. Which um, is
1: my favorite personally.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's it Godzilla's meant to be a message of the terrors of nuclear war. Yeah. Like yeah, it's it's a big it's become about big monsters and theatrical um films and whatnot, but the the original message was that nuclear war is a monster. Yeah. And even after you think it's done it has very very negative effects Um, and you know there's very long scenes in the original Godzilla film that feature hospitals uh, and some of that footage is even real Mm -hmm.
1: Um, I mean you gotta think this was not long after Hiroshima yeah
0: Hiroshima yes (laughs) sorry Um, no you're fine Uh, (laughs) I said it like my dad (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah and, and so that that was the biggest inspiration was the idea that you know, it's not that it's just dropped and done. You know, these are lasting effects. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah. you know, ultimately it continues to come back and haunt um, those people. And so, yeah, Godzilla yeah. was a very a, a very political-inspired message yes. hidden behind a giant guy in a rubber suit. Yeah. Or a guy in a rubber suit <laughs> seeming like a giant lizard.
1: I want to see a giant guy in a rubber suit. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Um, so yeah that was that was classical movie movie magic there but uh, yeah amazing Um, the the original 1954 Godzilla is a beautiful film if you haven't seen it I do recommend watching the um, original original version with subtitles because in the English version um, it's got a lot of narration it has scenes inserted of a character um, that I don't remember the actor's name Uh, no I do remember Raymond Burr yeah um who's playing a character who shares a name with somebody else that I can't remember it it's basically it's very
1: weird and it was just like a self-insert of a white guy
0: yes basically back then they felt they needed to have a white man in in the leading role for audiences to relate and so they inserted uh Raymond Burr um to and so he would narrate several things and What not, so yeah, that's why I recommend. Now, I'm not saying that that's bad, I'm not saying that the performance is bad, I'm just saying it does defer a little bit because it makes it feel like it's too much related to us and we can miss the message that's meant to be there.
1: Here's the thing:
0: so watch the original.
1: Yeah, the dropping of the atomic bomb affected the Japanese much more than it did the Americans, so it's not our story. We'll get into that. Yeah,
0: well, and it's not, it's not total, it's not total. Um, it's not trying to totally take it. It's, yeah, it, I get it. But... It. I think though it does a disservice, for because it, because we start to see ourselves in it, we yeah. don't see who's originally intended to be there.
1: Yeah. The other people. Exactly. If you take out, if you take out the plight of you know the Japanese people at that time, it just becomes a monster movie.
0: Exactly. So um, definitely not
1: what it was meant to be.
0: If. If you enjoy this type of movie, or if you just want to broaden your horizons and check out something different, I really recommend that. Because it's a very different Godzilla film than any other you'll see after it. So, you know, all of the others become about giant monsters. Which doesn't necessarily make them bad movies, it just, you know, the first one is really the one with a real message. Unless you count Godzilla versus the Smog Monster, where they basically make Godzilla fight pollution.
1: Yeah, that's a good one.
0: Yeah. Also... It's also anti-drug. Yeah. Uh, promotion. So if you enjoy weird.
1: uh films about a guy with a mustache and an eye patch. Um and he has a tank full of fish skeletons.
0: <laughs> the one character. So
1: I love him so much, John. So
0: basically they get some scientists that helped develop the bomb um that created uh Godzilla, they get him to create a weapon called the Oxygen Destroyer, which basically um erode it, it releases little um parasites, I guess you'd call them, yeah. that basically siphon the oxygen out of everything, which in movie magic translates to turning Godzilla into a skeleton. Yeah. It basically just takes everything off of him.
1: Or a tank full of fish sadly, dancing on little wires.
0: S- sadly, that is not how they deal with the Zillow Beast. Uh, we'll talk about that in the next yeah. part. But yeah, so if you can't tell, yeah. Godzilla nerddom. We like
1: Godzilla a lot. Yeah. Um, So the Zillow Beast is certainly no Godzilla, because slowly but surely, the ion weapons begin weakening him until he finally collapses, like King Kong. Which is another episode. Thankfully, the Dug don't understand the Republic tanks because they are fooled into thinking that the beast is dead. Which means that they sign the treaty, but Palpatine gets his new pet. He's gonna name it Fluffy.
0: (laughs) Uh,
1: Win-win. Except for the fact that Palpatine wants the beast. Brought Coruscant to be studied, and that will end very well, I assume. Yeah,
0: I love that you know they pull up in the tanks, and the you know Dojurus uh, is like, "Oh, your tanks won't work." You know, only only our fuel works. And and I love that they played up. They're like, "Yeah, but these are special tanks."
1: These are so special. Uh,
0: <laughs> like they don't obviously Wink. say it that way, but basically they insinuate like, "Oh, you don't know. These are just <coughs> these are the baddest tanks." The you know slaps. Slaps the top of the tank and is just this tank can take take out so many Zillow beasts. <laughs> Good meme. <mean gentleman. laughs> um, Good meme. I it that that scene always makes me laugh because it's just like they you know they were properly, full. but then it's like okay where are you taking it? Oh we're just gonna dispose of it. Can't you just put it back in the hole? No that you know we want to properly dispose of the biodegradable mass and whatnot. <laughs> like what? Why are, yeah, we just need to take the body, okay? We're gonna eat it. <laughs> right. It's just it's so funny to me. Mm,
1: tastes like death claw.
0: Um, it, now you mentioned King Kong. It is very similar in the way that they deal with uh King Kong. You know, in the sense of you know we don't want to kill it. We want to take it, mm-hmm. uh, and study it. And it's also um, as we'll see, it's a similar yeah. scenario as King Kong where they bring him to a populated city. But it's also you mentioned yeah. um, Jurassic Park two. No. very similar to that oh, as well.
1: that movie terrified the heck out of me as a kid. <laughs> Specifically the scene, I don't I don't remember if it's like a T-Rex. I think it's the T-Rex.
0: The T-Rex is the only one that makes it to the yes, city.
1: Yes. The T-Rex right outside the little girl's window and it looks in. Mm-hmm. I couldn't sleep for is a week. Is that a thing? Yeah. Oh. I didn't even well, see they, the movie. I if saw the, If a, if like that's a if that's the
0: case then they they it resembles a scene they did for the newest.
1: Where it's Jurassic the it's the Velociraptor in the little girl's room? Yeah. I can't watch that movie. It's gonna give me, like, flashbacks and nightmares.
0: Well, here's the thing. They're extinct.
1: <laughs> I don't the care how the they dinosaur- smell, John.
0: <laughs> <laughs> are they dead? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they can't reach you.
1: Oh, thank you for laughing at my dumb um, joke. Yeah. And if you didn't laugh at home, I'm sorry.
0: These are these are fun episodes. Um, you know... Uh, just the idea of giant monsters and stuff—it's not far-fetched, yeah. you know. We've seen rancors, we've seen many other creatures, and so it—it it only makes sense that we, you know, there's always a bigger fish, there's always a bigger monster. So, you know, we see a little bit of that here, and I think they created a monster, in a scenario that really, really works. I think it yeah. works well and manages to, like I said, feel Star Warsy, but also be new.
1: Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I like the three arm Zilla beast.
0: That was interesting to me. I didn't quite understand it when I first watched it. I thought it was like meant to be like an upper tail or something. <laughs> ah
1: yes, my upper tail. I don't
0: explicitly remember him using it as an arm. You yeah. know, and, and when he really moves quickly, a lot of his limbs Flop. kind of yeah. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's kind of noodly, so I don't. I mean, I'm sure he used it, but it was one of those where it's like, I don't quite see how it's working, so I assume it's just another tail.
1: I'm just assuming a wacky, wavy, inflatable, arm-flailing tube man as a Zillow beast (laughs) with three arms. (laughs) If you had a third arm, where would you put it?
0: Uh, Well, apparently the most convenient place is the back, I guess. I I don't think so. Because that's how uh, the the red China uh, um, Jaeger from Pacific Rim, it's the same thing. You're right. Um... I mean, I guess that's the most convenient place.
1: I'd put it under my left arm.
0: But the thing is, then, it's just, you're out of set. Then you need a fourth one to, to even it out. Kenobi. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Then you're just General Grievous.
1: <laughs> I'm okay with that. I will learn to spin around real fast and scuttle.
0: Yeah, scuttle, scuttle, scuttle. Uh, definitely a cool design, though. Definitely.
1: Yeah. Um, Anything
0: yeah. else you want to add?
1: Uh, hello there.
0: Okay. Our final episode uh, for this episode, episode for an episode, uh, is season two, episode 19, The Zillow Beast Strikes Back. Huh. Because obviously, we knew that was coming.
1: That sounds familiar.
0: Uh, the moral of this episode is the most dangerous beast is the beast within. I do agree with that, but that's kind of heavy handed for this. Like, I'm pretty sure in, in this scenario, the Zillow Beast is always the most dangerous beast, but
1: <laughs> I, mean, I get what
0: you're saying.
1: When I get hungry.
0: That's the that's the most dangerous piece. Uh, the opening narration for this episode is a calculated risk. Wasn't really calculated. Uh, it, following a costly it. victory on planet Malister, Chancellor Palpatine <laughs> orders Jedi Knights Mace Windu and Anakin Skywalker to transport a fearsome Zillow beast captured during the battle to Coruscant. Uh, uh, after seeing that not even a lightsaber could harm the beast, Chancellor Palpatine hopes to unlock the secrets of its individuality uh, of its invulnerability, excuse me, <laughs> it is to create new armor wonder. for the Republic clone troopers. Tension runs high as the most dangerous life form in the planet touches down on the Republic's most populous planet. Probably. Um,
1: I didn't want to interrupt you to make a joke, but a calculated risk they took with, but they were bad at math.
0: Uh, that's basically just Anakin.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, he is the embodiment of that meme. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, um... Uh, so, bringing beasts and monsters to densely populated areas is never a good idea. I mean, we've talked about it in Godzilla, it's happened in Jurassic Park twice.
0: Yeah, Ju- Jurassic Park just <laughs> keeps happening, and I don't know why.
1: Yeah, I mean, Jeff Goldblum told them.
0: Yeah, they should have listened to Jeffy. Yeah.
1: By the way, I have a Jeff Goldblum, uh, it's not a Jeff Goldblum one. I have a Dr. Ian Malcolm Funko Pop that I'm keeping in the box just in case.
0: Just in case. Just
1: in case, you know, Jeff Goldblum just, and just pops Just in case out we meet nowhere. the
0: Grand Master. Ugh.
1: I All would have right. loved to meet Jeff Goldblum. Um, yeah. Here we are again with a giant beast in a densely populated area. Palpatine gets what he wants, but I think this time he bites off a little more than he can chew with his fake sheep teeth. At first, he asks Dr. Ball um, to find a way to, I guess, reverse-engineer the beast's scales in order to use it in producing soldiers' and vehicles' armor. And I'm not terribly sure how they would have done this uh, if they could, because, spoiler alert, they never get the chance. At first, Dr., uh, Dr. Ball suggests removing the scales, but it is too painful for the Zillow, So Palpatine, ever the, you know, humanitarian, just says, kill it, do it, Kill it, do it, (laughs) give it. Um, so all the work from the last episode to keep it alive, and we come back to simply killing it to get what we want. Seems like a theme.
0: I mean, my, you know, I, I, we'll, we'll talk about it. Yeah. We'll talk about it.
1: (laughs) Arguably, this was Palpatine's plan all along, and he never intended to let the Jedi take the beast. To some planet to live in peace. Poor baby Zillow. Uh, we should name it. Zillow? No, it needs a name. Zillow. Zillow Zillow?
0: Yeah. Like, like, I mean, like Zilla from Godzilla. That's the difference between Godzilla and Zilla. Godzilla is the Godzilla from 1998's Godzilla, whereas Godzilla is from every other Godzilla, because that's the proper Godzilla.
1: We don't talk about 1998's Godzilla. It's
0: not a bad movie. It's not a great Godzilla, but it's not a bad movie.
1: Yeah.
0: Now, a good retcon, though, with that is a lot of people believe that the actual Godzilla existed, which we actually see that the proper Godzilla franchise acknowledges the American Godzilla. So, the idea being that someone who knows about the real Godzilla saw this happen and assumes this is the Godzilla they've been talking about. When in fact it's not. It's another sort of creature that they just yeah. happen to name Zilla, because it sounds cool. It makes a good yeah. newspaper article and such. I really like that because it gets it gets you Zilla and it gets you Godzilla. And, Interesting. And overall, good movie. Matthew Broderick and the guy from um,
1: Hank Azaria. Uh,
0: yes. Uh, well, Who I was talking about. Everyone in I seasons. didn't realize that was him for the longest time. But I was talking about the the guy <laughs> oh. from The Professional. Um,
1: uh, he is a French name that I can't pronounce.
0: I don't remember, but he, he was in the film with Natalie Portman, her first yeah. acting role, when she was only, I think, 11 or 12?
1: 12! yeah. It's a problematic movie.
0: <laughs> I've never seen it, so. You don't
1: want to. Uh, yeah, it's,
0: it's... Jean the Professional or something like that? Leon
1: the Professional. Leon
0: the Professional. Yes. Anyway, off topic, off but there you topic. go. Seven degrees of separation there.
1: Yes. <laughs> um. So... Like Godzilla, we see that he never really understands evil, if anything else. That he understands evil. What? What? (laughs) Like Godzilla, we see that Palpatine understands evil, if nothing else. Jaboy knows how to be bad. Um, Dave Filoni actually joked that the Beast could sense Palpatine was evil, and after some time, that proves to be enough motivation for the Beast to overcome his sleepy times and escape, and now we have a city rampage. Look what you did, Palpatine.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: I'm going to rub your nose in it.
0: So, yeah, what I was going to mention was, so the idea of capturing the Zillow Beast comes as a compromise between killing it or keeping it and transporting it to a new planet, because Palpatine wants its invulnerable scale power, Mace Windu wants to do the Jedi thing and take it to another planet where it can live in peace since it's the last of its species. Uh, so the compromise was, okay, why don't we just take it alive, you can study it, and then we'll take it somewhere. We'll put it in a zoo or something. And so, but, it's one of those things where it's like, Palpatine kind of could have just ordered them. I mean, who who couldn't foresee that in order to fully study the creature it'd be far easier to do when it's dead? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I'm not all for it, you know, either. I mean, I I want the Zillow to be happy and everything, but it's one of those things where it's like, I feel like it kind of undoes a little bit to go through all of this of, we'll study it and release it, only in the next episode, at the very beginning, to be like, eh, just kill it. You know, it just feels... Obviously it feels evil, which is very appropriate for Palpatine, but it's also kind of like a... Didn't we waste ten minutes in the last episode then? Couldn't you have just ordered them to kill it in the first place? Yeah. And blah, blah, blah. Anyway, um, the f- this continues the trend of um, Godzilla homage because, obviously, now we're in the city, which is where Godzilla loves to rampage. But, more importantly, the name of the episode, so it's uh, The Zillow Beast Strikes Back, which is kind of a homage uh, to Godzilla's second film, uh, which had a few different names depending on where it was released um, it goes by the names of Godzilla's, uh, Godzilla Raids Again, uh, the Raid of Godzilla, you have Godzilla Strikes Again, and Godzilla Strikes Back. And so this is kind of a homage to that in the sense of, well, you know, he's striking back, yeah. uh, which is pretty cool. Fun fact, the Godzilla that appears in the second one is a completely different Godzilla that was similar to this, uh, to Zillow, was um, discovered by detonation. So, basically, in the polar ice caps, this God- the second Godzilla was frozen uh, in the Arctic, and after some uh, weapons testing, they break open an iceberg and find Godzilla. And so, it's, it's more similar to the Zillow Beast's awakening mm-hmm. um, than it is than the original Godzilla of being created by nuclear warfare and whatnot.
1: Interesting. It's kind of like Robitelka's.
0: Kinda, it was it was an easy way of continuing the story. Because again, the first film was meant to be its own thing. It wasn't meant to be, what it is now. You know, almost yeah. it, you know fifty, plus years later, it wasn't meant to be a continuing franchise.
1: Yeah, we made that, so many years ago. Or no, we didn't do it. Uh, that movie was made so many 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 years ago, and we are still using nuclear power.
0: Well, nuclear power's is... not. Yeah. I mean, it's essential.
1: Well,
0: yeah. Uh, we made it essential. I'll I'll say that. Yeah. But, um, no, nuclear weapons, no. One that's... of these
1: days, an iguana is going to fall into a nuclear <laughs> reactor, and we're going to have it's gonna Zillow. going to
0: explode, because that's actually how it works.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> one of these days, one a person's going to fall into a nuclear reactor, and we're going to have a toxic Avenger again.
0: Or they'll just die. Because that's how that works. But... One
1: of these days, a spider is going to get radiated and bite a young teen boy... We're gonna have another Spider-Man,
0: or he just gets infected from the spider bite because that's how that works. Or, <laughs> or, or, or,
1: <laughs> unless.
0: So, but yeah, that's that's the most of my nerd alert in this episode. There's not a whole lot to it. It's pretty straightforward.
1: Yeah. Well, you and Dave Filoni both jabig nerds. Yeah, but thanks to that, we get a great scene of the Zillow Beast rampaging through the city. Um, several great shots that blend with Godzilla and King Kong profiles quite a bit. And again, Dave's comment about the beast being able to sense Palpatine may not be wrong, sign.
0: What? Since.
1: Since the beast knows exactly where to go find his next meal. Uh, he begins attacking the Senate building and captures an escape shuttle with Anakin, Palpatine, Padme, C-3PO, and R2 in it.
0: And a clone, com- and, and not a clone, and a, a Republic Commando.
1: Yeah, because... But he's not essential. <laughs> we got all our main characters in there. What are we going to do about it? It's <laughs> well, like,
0: surely none of them are going to die.
1: Maybe, I don't know. We haven't watched Attack of the Clones.
0: That happens before this.
1: I know. My brain filled me in on that <laughs> right after I said it. And I was like, oops. <laughs> anyway, forget the last five seconds happened. Uh So... After some creativity, Anakin managed to sort of get them out. Um, and Ala Sakura and Yoda distract the beast too. Meanwhile, Doctor Ball has finished making enough toxic gas from the Malastare fuel to potentially kill the beast. See she took some red beans, and she took some rice, and she took some sausage.
0: That's and she made not a, how any of that works. She
1: made an etouffee, and it was delicious.
0: Definitely not how that works. I'm not a scientist, but I'm pretty sure that's not how it works.
1: <laughs> it was delicious. Um so, only way one way to find out if her etofé is uh potent enough. While tanks and missiles distract the beast, gunship fire gunships fire the gas bombs at the Zillow and after a few rounds in a scene very similar to the nineteen ninety eight Godzilla, the Zillow eventually succumbs to the gas and the barrage and falls from the Senate building, dead. That's it. <laughs> for <laughs> the it, Zillow, yeah. yeah. It's sad in a lot of ways. I mean, for one, he would have been doing the galaxy a favor by eating Palpatine. True. I mean, yeah. And two, the Beast just wanted to live, and all anyone tried to do was kill him. I wouldn't be happy. Um, even with the few like Windu, Obi-Wan, and Padme who just wanted the Beast to be saved... At the end of all of it, a beast is a beast to them, and a life is only a life, if it's not useful. Boom, James. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but we get some interesting foreshadowing as Palpatine tasks Dr. Bull with cloning the beast! That happens in Godzilla 2. <laughs> um,
0: no. Um.
1: That No, they built it Mechagodzilla twice.
0: Yeah, well, aliens did that.
1: Aliens did it. The only
0: cloning, technically, is in Godzilla versus Biollante, but they don't explicitly clone him. They basically take his DNA and mix it with plants <laughs> uh, because it's supposed to be a cure for cancer, and okay. it becomes a giant crocodile monster.
1: Who thought that would be a good idea?
0: It's actually a pretty good movie.
1: We should watch that. This is not Kaju Pod. What are we talking
0: about? <laughs> we could geek out. There's so much Godzilla guys. I know, right?
1: Um, so, that never goes anywhere, unfortunately. So, we don't get to see Attack of the Zillow Beast Part 2, yeah. Mecha Zillow Beast, or God, uh, Zillow Beast versus Mothra.
0: When somebody actually asked Dave <clears> Kony <throat> when Rebels was announced if um, we'd be seeing any hints of the Zillow Beast in that. Um and he I mean he basically said no but he did say that if it ever did come back it would be as a baby not as a robot which i thought was a really cool nerd thing because it is. you know that's kind of the trend of Godzilla films is you either get a baby version or you get a mecha mecca version so yeah. it's pretty funny John but neither were neither neither happened
1: season 7
0: not going to happen
1: season 7
0: not going to happen fine there's too much that's going to happen this this no place no place
1: yeah yeah, I guess when the Jedi were wiped out, Palpatine wasn't really worried about having lightsaber-proof armor.
0: Still kind of stupid, though. Yeah. Like, I'm, now, here's the thing. Why did... Okay. So it obviously didn't have to be alive to get the whatever. Yeah. Right? Because he was like, hey, you need a, You need to study the scales. Why don't you kill it so that makes it easier? So why would they need to clone it if they have the dead body that they can now study?
1: Like, why don't they just study the dead body? I guess it's because the Jedi have it now? The Jedi know about it?
0: No, well, I mean, they knew about his plan to use it to reverse engineer armor and stuff. Like, they knew about all that. It wasn't a secret. So, I mean, couldn't they just be like, hey, before we dispose of the body, can we, you know, cut cut off an arm or something to study it? Like... (laughs)
1: Can I have the third one? He still has two.
0: <laughs> I mean, like, it just... There's, it's a big plot hole of why does it all of a sudden not work? I mean, you wanted him dead. Now he's dead. So can't you still study him? Why do you need to clone him? Yeah. It doesn't make sense. It
1: doesn't make sense. <laughs> oh. but it frustrates me. At least the Zillow may R.I.P.
0: True. Uh, poor baby Zillow finally, finally... I mean, it was very similar to... Um... It was very similar to the 1998 Godzilla when um, you have that very emotional ending where, you know, the whole time it's been made out. It's a big monster, all scary, blah, blah, blah. Um, And then you have the ending where it's kind of barraged by the military and that works. And when it finally dies, it's kind of like, oh... But really, this whole episode they've been building up. That I mean, he's clearly sentient, and 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 it kind of tugs at yeah. you a little bit. You know, he understands Palpatine <clears throat> when he threatens him and everything. So it's really it it is kind of yeah. it's sad to see uh, the Zillow Beast killed. And Anakin talks about you know it's all because of us. We, you know, we woke it up. We took it from its home, and now in order to save people, which was the right thing to do, we mm-hmm. unfortunately killed it. You know. Yeah. So
1: all I can say is out of all the men I may have known, you are the most human.
0: Definitely not close to being human.
1: I know. I just couldn't think of anything else. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um but yeah, it's a good it's a good episode again. It, it kind of caps off what we talked about in the last one of being really cool, different Star Wars kaiju. It's cool. Yeah. I don't want to see much of this ever again. I feel like this was special and cool. <laughs> I never want to see you again. <laughs> Well, I just I think then it becomes too much of its own. It becomes too much of a thing. I I think this was a nice little, um, you know, one one time story kind of deal. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying we can't have giant monsters, but I obviously don't want it to be Godzilla. Like I don't want more people to be like, hey, let's do another Godzilla themed Star Wars episode or comic or something. eh, it's already been done. Don't do it again. Yeah. So, but yeah, good episodes.
1: Good episode.
0: What'd you think overall of all these? Do you have a favorite?
1: Yeah. I I absolutely loved the uh the first episode with the Zillow Beast. I mm-hmm. really I actually you know what? I think I prefer the last episode too. I don't know. I just love the Zillow Beast in general. Mm-hmm. Like the really gorgeous animation of the Zillow Beast running through Coruscant.
0: It yeah, was beautiful. Well, uh I was gonna mention that because Um, it was really cool to see a fast monster, you know, you don't typically see that, and so, you know, when he really gets going, he's, he's moving, he's, you know, scurrying across the, the roofs of the buildings and everything, so, um, it was really cool to see that, and you know, it pays off that he, he's slender, it's not that stereotypical slow-moving, wobbly monster thing, you know? yeah. So
1: Yeah, which we learn later in life that it's because the suit is so bulky that yeah. they can't move very fast without like, yeah, looking like a toddler.
0: That's what you get. Godzilla, uh, yeah, w- it it looks silly if he moves any faster yeah. than that. He'd
1: run like Baymax.
0: Exactly. Which I don't mind. <laughs> uh, too cute to be threatening, though, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really like the Zillow Beast arc. It, it's tough because, you know, the Bounty Hunters episode was really good, but I think... I think this mainly wins because it's two episodes. We get more of the Zillow Beast, so you get to like it more. Mm-hmm. Um, but all all of them are really good. Um, I definitely did enjoy the, you know, all three of these were very film inspired. Yeah. you know, you had Seven Samurai, and then of course Godzilla. A little quite bit of quite a few Godzilla, uh, good bit of kaiju stuff. So, yeah. um,
1: which it, if it, we ever needed to know that Dave Filoni was any more of a weeb, yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> You know uh it's i i realized that after the fact that oh wow i didn't i didn't realize both of these sets of episodes are uh you know yeah inspired by what would be arguably film history yeah you know both the seven samurai and the original godzilla are amazing films um in their own right Uh, aside from being cool samurai and kaiju like They're well-made movies. They're very Mm smart-made movies, especially how they accomplished Godzilla back then. Yeah. Um, And then they're meaningful. The stories of both of them are very, very important. So Mm -hmm. all cool stuff. Yes, iconic. Very iconic. Uh, And so, yeah, I I think it was really cool. Uh, It does kind of stink that, you know, it was the only of its kind. That's the only time we'll see the Zillow Beast, but who knows? Maybe something will eventually show up, but I definitely don't think it'll be like Tied directly into Clone Wars, but maybe eventually something might pop up. We'll see. Still out there, still possible. Yeah. At least they didn't do like uh, the nineteen ninety eight Godzilla did, where after the beast is dead, they zoom in and and you have the little eggs sitting there.
1: Someone's gonna find those.
0: Um, So (laughs) that spawned a whole cool TV show, though. uh, It did.
1: That, That that show was pretty
0: cool. Godzilla basically became a crime fighting monster thing. It was kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, It was, it's like... Interesting. Yeah.
1: I didn't really understand that plot point when I watched it the first time as a kid. I was just like, but Godzilla's a boy. How could he be a pregnant?
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I... Until I, I
1: sounded as a kid.
0: I got that. What I didn't understand... I didn't... Like, my mom consoled me with that. Because <laughs> she was, she was like... Because I was, I was really wrecked. Like, I... Like, this was the first emotional death of Godzilla and everything. And so, Aww, it was really... It was like... I was like, they killed Godzilla. You don't do that. That's not how these movies work. <laughs> so I was really upset. And she was like, don't worry, there's an egg. That, that means there's another one. There's a baby Godzilla. And so I was kind of like, okay, all right. Yeah. Okay. But baby Godzilla Velociraptors, that was that a cool was idea. Amazing. That was yeah. cool. We've gotten off topic again. Very. It's cool. <laughs> uh, definitely let us know what you guys thought about these episodes. Probably not a bad idea. If you haven't, go see some Godzilla uh, or find it or rewatch it they're good movies uh, most of them um, hopefully uh, you enjoyed these as much as we did You're, uh, we're looking forward to next week next week begins the battle of Geonosis the second battle of Geonosis which is a great series of episodes we get some cool stuff happening there uh, season 2 is rolling and pretty much from now So the end of the series, we're just moving from cool thing to cool thing. I think there's not really much slowing down when it comes to the Clone Wars now. So hopefully you're ready to keep up, got your blue milk and all that good stuff and ready to go, because we are.
1: We're on our way.
0: We're on our way. (laughs) I'm on my way. Uh, I don't know what I'm on my way to. I was Uh, thinking
1: more about uh, Brother Bear. You remember that movie?
0: I've never seen that movie.
1: What? I'm not surprised.
0: Joaquin Phoenix is in that movie, though, right?
1: I don't remember.
0: I think he's the big brother bear. Maybe. I don't don't know. know. Anyway, uh, you guys have a good weekend. We will be back Monday with our regularly scheduled programming. Monday, of course, Monday Motivations. Wednesday, we have an episode all about looking ahead to the next year of Star Wars. There's a lot to talk about. And then, of course, Friday, Second Battle of Geonosis arc begins on the Clone Wars. We'll be doing that in two parts. We'll be doing the first three episodes, and then uh, the final two episodes, just so you know. But all good stuff ahead. Have a great weekend, guys. Stay scruffy, and may the Force be with you.
1: Bye!